Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Nick Wall Podcast. We are back. We're here with... Uh, it's been a uh, relatively eventful week uh, for the Knicks, despite us getting smacked by the Bucks just the other day. Uh, I am Anthony Corbo. You can follow me on Twitter at Corbo Anthony. I am here, as always, joined by my co-host, Mike Cortez, at Cortez Era on Twitter. What's going on, my dude? What is up? What is up? And Kyle Maggio, the only at Kyle Maggio on Twitter. He's here with us. How are you today? I'm good, man. I'm good. What's going on, fellas? Things are good. Um, Before, well, I should say we're part of the uh, Blue Wire podcast family as well. Go check out all of the uh, dope shit they got going on over at BlueWirePods.com, at BlueWirePods. All the shows on the network, they're all great. Go check them out. Uh, while you're at that, head to the nextwall.com. Uh, a lot of good pieces coming out uh, this week, including one that was just released uh, that we're going to get into a little bit more in the show on what RJ Barrett's been doing these last couple of games uh, from Harley Geffner. But, uh, and you know, give us a follow at the nextwall, at TKW Podcast, all that good stuff. But before we get into too much today, uh, wanted to give a cook shout out and a platform here to our own Kyle Maggio for uh, doing some uh, some pretty dope shit during the day. So what are you up to right now, Kyle? Uh, so as most of you guys who listen to this pod, I, I think you guys follow me on Twitter by now. Um, so you, you've probably seen I'm at Whistle Sports now. Um, we just kicked off a new gambling podcast for those of you. Uh, who are degenerates who who want to get into it like us and, and spend a little money and quite often lose, then uh, we got the podcast for you. So basically the, the thing that we're trying to do different with it is uh, nobody wants to listen to a half an hour long podcast about gambling picks for this upcoming weekend. So it's five minute podcasts. That's it. So we're going to do an NFC episode for a championship weekend, five minutes, an AFC episode, five minutes, you know, uh, pretty much just, you know, you go to take a piss, you go to the bathroom, you can listen to this podcast. That's the purpose. It's for the every man, the journey man. So, uh, please, oh, if you want, it, yeah, yeah. You never know, man. You never know. Uh, so uh, it's, so called, it's, called, yeah. it's called 300 seconds, uh, you know, by whistle sports. Um, so please, uh, we're, we're iTunes, Spotify, just find I believe us. if you're going to search that as well, the S is a dollar sign, if I'm Correct. not mistaken. Yeah. Correct. It is a dollar sign. So uh, that that's it. Just a short little podcast. Uh, get, get your picks. Uh, so if you want to keep up with that, we'd appreciate a, any nice little reviews. We've got a couple episodes up now. Uh, you can listen to it to get a little taste of it. I posted a snippet from Whistle before, but uh, that's it. You know, uh, we got a couple more things in store. I'll, I'll, yeah. Be in touch with you guys about uh haven't finalized anything but there, there's some more stuff coming i'm excited about and uh it's about it man well shouts to you uh while you're subscribing over to the 300 seconds podcast which you should already be on your way to doing 
make sure if you're not already, you're subscribed to the Knicks Wall podcast on everywhere that Kyle is mentioning for his podcast, as well as, uh, you know, make sure you subscribe on YouTube, all that stuff. Uh, Mike, what do you have going on right now? Anything you'd like to plug? Uh, I am working on a Kenny Wooten piece, which we'll get into in a little bit. But more importantly, I just wanted to bump our relief efforts donation for Puerto Rico. 100% of our merch is being donated. And I also put a GoFundMe link out earlier today. So if you can't afford merch, not feel anything, which would be crazy. But if you're not and you just want to donate a little something, I added a GoFundMe link there. Please, anything helps. They just got hit again with a 5.2 earthquake. So literally, even if it's a dollar, it helps. And yeah, that's about it for now. Just be on the lookout for more yep, features. Absolutely. I will have all the... Uh... All the links to the uh, to the donation link for the GoFundMe will be on the show description. The uh, link to go get merch is designtree.com slash the Knicks wall, D-S-G-N-T-R-E-E.com slash the Knicks wall. Uh, yeah, there's, everything's up there right now. Everything has been reissued for this, uh, for this occasion. So go check all that out. Um, and yeah, I guess it's, uh, it's about time we get on into the show here. So... I think the proper place to start off is after uh, a pretty significant couple of performances. And I know, Kyle, you got those numbers on hand, so I'm going to let you drop that. But R.J. Barrett is now a headband crusader, and he's just kind of going, for lack of a better term, apeshit right now. And he's starting to prove some of his his doubters wrong over the last couple of games. But, uh, Kyle, I'm going to leave the floor to you right now because I feel like you're very excited about this. Uh, drop me some stats, drop me some hype. What's going on with RJ right now? So RJ Barrett has been really strong over the last six games. Uh, only two of those were headband games, but, um, just pretty much dating back to that Los Angeles Clippers game. He's kind of been on fire and, uh, I know like the assists are down a little bit, but I'm going to read the full stats. Really. There's two things that are going to jump out that, uh, you know, I, and, and most people should be encouraged by. So, in these last six games, 33 minutes per game, 19 points, about six rebounds per game, 1.3 assists, 1.2 steals. Now, the thing that sticks out is the percentages because on 13 shot attempts a game, he's averaging 46.3%, which on the season, he's a little bit before uh, below 40. And over, I think there was a stretch of like 10 or 15 games where he was really, really struggling, like sub 35%. So uh, the big, the big two here though, 42.1% from three on three attempts a game, not groundbreaking, but very good, especially when that's a big shooting. Yeah. And and now he's about to climb over 33% on the season from three, which he shot 30% last year at Duke. So right, and he's me, at altogether. He's at thirty nine field goal, and you know he's about to, like you said, climb over uh, the thirty three percent on three pointers. But he's getting close to at least having you know above forty percent shooting field from the floor, and at least you know above yeah. thirty three from three. So we're seeing it, some signs of improvement on the stat line as well. It, exactly, and it's not great. It's not groundbreaking, but it's a start. And for how bad the efficiency was getting it's good to see him drastically turning it around uh even at the free throw line which this is really encouraging because i know a lot of people uh pay more attention to free throw progress as an indicator of uh you know jump shooting progress in the long term and over 
this is with almost seven trips per game, which is ridiculous, but that goes to show you how good he is at uh, using his body, using his strength in the paint, you know, to get to the line. Um, 78%. Like, that's good. That's good, man. Like, I understand they haven't been playing great basketball lately as a team, but that's really good when this is your third overall pick that you're hoping has, has star upside and star potential. Like, that's what you want to see man i mean we needed Uh, him to get up to around that percentage from the line like that's been the scariest part about his game all season everything else i can buy you know the three-pointer i can buy into him developing over time uh you know anytime his his finishing has waned which has been kind of rare like you know his efficiency i can buy i can buy into all that improving but i really need that free throw percentage to come along if i'm going to really believe it so that that's what's really most encouraging to me right now yeah, he he just looks good. He looks really confident right now. Um, he's attacking a lot. Uh, the the jumper is working. I mean, he, yesterday in Milwaukee, I mean, he couldn't buy a layup, but five of seven from three. Like it, these are these are good things that are happening. These are things that I will take. You know, I, I I will take him struggling at the rim over him not being able to hit from outside any day of the week because he's he's smart and he's strong and he knows what he's doing in the paint and knows how to get to his spots. Like he'll figure it out. I'm cool. Like. I, I know everybody likes to get at me for being pessimistic on this podcast, but RJ's like the one dude that I'm really not all that worried about and haven't been. Even when he was struggling, you can squint and kind of see a good player. I'm not doing a victory lap right now, but it's just it it really does feel good when a, a top prospect like that that we so happen to finally get ends up starting to look the part consistently, especially in a stringing together a little stretch like this. You know, not just every other game or you know, two good games, then he stinks for three. Like, it's nice to see it every night back to back to back to back to back for a little bit. Like, it's it's been exciting. I mean, they've been getting their asses kicked a little bit as a team, but for me, it's okay. If RJ's going to play like this and continue to improve, uh, how could you not get excited about that? You know what I mean? I mean, if you don't want to take your victory lap, I already got the shoes out again. I'm ready to go. I He's... He's turned the corner. I don't know if the headband's the reason, but for now, keep that shit on because he just looks like a different man. And the most important part is he's doing it with pretty shitty spacing. Alfred Payton is not a good shooter, and he's starting to shoot a lot more, which is starting to piss me off. Randall, we know, isn't that great of a shooter. Same for Gibson, and then Bullock's kind of helped a little bit. But for the most part, I thought Bullock's been really helpful, honestly, with getting uh, RJ back in stride. Like he's just kind of like I just think that he's been such a you know valuable defensive presence that just like kind of gives you uh, like like just kind of fills that spot on the floor, so you don't so you at least have one guy out there who's going to be you know able to be participating and, and keeping everybody else in line. I thought I think we were getting that from Taj at the beginning of the season, but Reggie's really been holding on to that so far. Yeah, and more. I like. I do want. I'm excited to see. I don't think Morris and Bullock have played together yet. I could be mistaken, but if Miller ever runs that lineup with Morris at the four and then Bullock at the three, that's opening up a lot more for RJ to do more. And on the layups, it seems like he's just trying to make contact, and then when he doesn't get the foul call, he just doesn't know what to do. So if he cuts back on that, I really think his field goal percentage will see a nice little bump. But I did hear some troubling news. He's going to cut his hair today. So I do not like that. I want him to go full album mode on us. Yeah, where is where where are you finding that report? Uh Bagley. Bagley tweeted it out that he's going uh, to get his haircut. He is keeping the headband though, but I wanted like the afro headband. Yeah, combo. I would have liked that. Yeah, he needs to bring back the Duke haircut. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like, yes, it was like a, a short, short little like Ben Wallace almost, you know? Um, yeah. Well, it's a bummer. Uh, RJ's hair will be missed, but his performance, as long as it keeps on continuing, will only uh, bring happiness into our lives. Um, anything else on RJ or, or uh, are we good to move on here? Uh, just to build up, I mean, he's what he said today was really good where people asked if his confidence dipped because, as Kyle said, he had a really f- decent sized frozen patch towards the end of December. And then I think it kind of peaked or bottomed out in Phoenix. And he said, no, my confidence has stayed the same. And I feel like that mentality is so underrated. I know it sounds like cheesy to say, oh, he has the mindset to be a star player. But I believe that. And last night, for example, they're getting the shit kicked out of him. And he played 32 minutes, and for all 32 minutes, you couldn't tell the score. You couldn't tell it was a blowout. You would think it was a tie game in the fourth. I think you need people like that. And I think it's underrated how much of a locker room presence he can become. One of the other guys who is really performing out there right now, as well over the last couple of games, and even I think a little bit longer than uh, we totally give him credit for, is Julius Randle. Uh, he had a bad stretch in the middle here, but really since just before Christmas, he's been having some nice games, getting himself into the offense scoring. Uh, his rebounding has been up significantly too. Um, you know, against Milwaukee, I'm pretty sure he had 11 rebounds before the, uh, end of the first half. So, uh, and, and, you know, the last two games, especially since he's returned to the lineup, since the death of his grandmother, he's been playing really well. He scored 26 against Miami, uh, 25 against Milwaukee, 15 rebounds in his most recent game. Uh, and really like kind of efficient stat lines, you know, shooting just over 20 shots, but, you know, making about half of them. Um, I've, I just think that he, his shot has looked a little bit better recently. Um, or at least, at least at the very least last night. And, and he's, just kind of finding a little bit more of a flow in the offense. Do you guys think that has anything to do with Marcus Morris being out or is it just Randall finally starting to come along? No, I think it was, it was just floor placement. Like we covered a little bit last week. Fisdale had Randall in the paint for the most part. And and when he wasn't in the paint, he was asking to be a point forward. And that's just not Randall's game. Randall's a rim runner and he could shoot potentially not. That's not where you want him to live. But you could see Miller's had him out in the arc, and it's paid dividends. He's either taking the ball and driving to the rim like a bowling ball, or he's spotting up and he's shooting pretty good. Last night he shot three of six from three. That's all you really need. And he shot 50% from the field overall. And for long stretches of that game, he was the only source of offense for the Knicks. And the Bucks are pretty good. So for him to bowl to the rim and you know shoot efficiently, that's something to me. So... Whether it's with this team or the next team, I think that's where he should stay, you know, at the arc or driving to the rim like a bowling ball. Bro, David Fisdale almost made us hate Julius Randle. Think about that. He sucks. Fisdale. I mean, Miller kind of pissed me off, too. But, Miller pisses yeah. me off, too. But, like, David Fisdale almost made me hate Julius Randle. Like, really think about that. I was so excited about that signing. And David Fisdale made me hate it in, like, 15 games. Like... Randall's been good under Miller, man. Like, if nothing else, and uh, it, it probably does have a little bit to do with Mook being out. It probably gives him a little bit more freedom uh, with the spacing because normally they do spend some time on the floor together. But um, I, I just think it's also where he's kind of attacking from. 
um, you know, with Fisdale, he was coming, you know, right at the top of the key a, a lot of times, initiating the offense and trying to be uh, the decision maker, the playmaker. And Miller kind of has him spaced out a lot more because the pick and roll frequencies increase so much. So he kind of keeps him off on the wing or sometimes towards the corner. And when Randall does attack, normally they go to close out on him because he's a respectable three-point shooter as a stretch four like that. And then he's able to just blow by them because he can put the ball on the floor. And he's been doing that more under Mike Miller. So it's more like just getting him a better angle to the rim because you know he can bully his way in. But when you're forcing him like David Fisdale was to go through two, three guys or kind of run through the you know his own screens that are getting set for him, uh, it, it's not conducive for good basketball for a guy like him. So Miller's kind of cleaned up where he's attacking from and it's, it's helped largely. So that's what I'm enjoying the most. It, it looks like the Julius Randle that I expected. So it's, it's hard to be disappointed with him now with the way he's been playing over the last 20 some odd games. Yeah. And I've even, I've noticed a really uh, nice connection between him and RJ. Uh, just, I mean, you saw it a couple of times in Milwaukee last night, but he, there was just a couple of times where it, I think it was two straight plays where RJ saved the ball from going out of bounds and that was able to dish it to a like charging Randall into the paint. And you know, it was just fast, well executed. You could tell those guys are starting to develop a little bit of chemistry together. And I mean, that's really, you know, crucial for the future of this franchise that they, they share the court well together and don't get in each other's way, but they were able to assist each other. Yeah, and for the sample size, Randall's scoring 21.5 points per game, 10.2 rebounds, three assists, shooting 33.7% from deep, and 45.9 from the field overall. That's a decent sample size. And under Fisdale, he was averaging 16.8, 44.2 from the field, 24.1 from three. This is legit. Yeah, like, it's, it's very, it's, very – it stands out. Yeah, I just think Fisdale got – drunk off what he did with Noah Vonley, which wasn't even that impressive when you really look back on it. It was just like, oh, Vonley could dribble. That's cool. And I feel like he took that and felt like, oh, I could turn Julius Randle into Giannis, and that's clearly never going to happen. Yep. Well, uh, we do have another player who's going to be joining into the big man mix pretty soon, but before I tell you about him, I need to tell all of you about our sponsor today untuck it you ever see an untucked button down shirt they look pretty bad because they weren't meant to be worn that way and thankfully there's untuck it the original button down shirt originally worn uh, actually designed to be worn untucked no matter your size or shape untuck it shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length um, there's more than 50 combinations that you can uh, choose from at Untuck It, and it's you know whether you are uh, someone who's tall, someone who's shorter, so, you know a little bit more of a slim fit, maybe athletic. Uh, Untuck It's designed to fit your frame and made to be uh, wrinkle-free. Uh, there's super soft flannels. There's outerwear. There's a ton. There's not just shirts that you got to choose from. Uh, and, and they're designed so regardless of your of what kind of body you have, it's it's never going to look baggy or or uh, bulgy or too long or anything like that. They have an easy to use website where they have an entire page devoted to helping you find your fit because no matter who you are, it's super easy to uh, get you know clothes that you love and then they all of a sudden don't fit and you never wear. Um, so whether you're shopping for the perfect gift or you're just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, 
Untucket is the way to go. Visit untucket.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. So one of the, uh, I would say, most called for moves of the last week, probably the most hyped up move of the last week, uh, was the Knicks extending a two-way contract offer to Kenny Wooten, uh, who was playing in their in the Westchester Knicks in the Knicks G League system. Uh, he played 23 games for them. He averaged 7.8 points, 5.9 rebounds, and the reason why he's here, 3.3 blocks per game. Uh, he is uh, a little bit... He's not quite center size necessarily. Uh, he's 6'8", 235. He, you know, I think he's been playing mostly at the power four, projects to be more of a four. Um, and I think he's a very interesting fit with the roster right now if he's able to get onto the court and get some playing time. But, uh, you know, there was a lot of concern that maybe some other team would be able to sign him away. Uh, but the Knicks hopped on it. They gave him a two-way contract. They waved Ivan Rab, And he's, uh, you know, he's going to be able to play a few games with the Knicks. Um I guess, Kyle, let's start with you. Where do you think Kenny Wooten uh, fits in the Knicks rotation right now? Do you think he's going to be able to get any any minutes, you know, at least uh, getting going here? Do you think he's going to be, like, who do you think he'll play well next to? Uh, are you hyped about this? What's going on? Definitely hyped about it. Um, any, We should always be excited about people that play defense. Uh, you know, we haven't really had much of that. The last time they had a top 10 defense was with Tyson Chandler in 2013. You know, like, and before that, I mean, does anyone want to guess? Because it was probably oh, late God, 90s. Yeah. You know what I mean? Legitimately, so, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's always exciting when you got a defensive prospect. That's why we give Frank such a pass often because, you know, good defense generally keeps you on the floor if your shot isn't falling. You know, sometimes you just need good defenders. So, uh, some of the the cat the the blocks Kenny's had has been ridiculous. Obviously, he spiked some of them, but you know the most impressive one is the one that circulated everywhere, uh, including on Sports Center. So good job, Kenny, if you're listening. Um, you know he just went up and snatched it. It was an NBA street block. It was fantastic. You everybody that's listening to this podcast knows exactly which block it was. We all saw it. Uh, it was beautiful. He just jumped right up, two hands. Straight up, doesn't even really contest the defender I've at never, all. Just, almost, almost knows exactly where the ball is going to go. Just goes straight up, grabs it. That's I've it. Never seen it was the most something like that. It was so almost like you ever see when like you know so a, a bug flies into a spider web and it just launches out and grabs it. It's exactly yeah. what it looked like to me. Knew exactly knew exactly where the ball yeah, was. Just going. reaches it, up there it, and it was, gets it. it. Was amazing. So so yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I, I don't know where he's going to play. I'm going to imagine if Mook keeps missing time, they're going to find uh, at least 10 or 15 minutes a, a game, at least in the early going to try to get him some, some run, because if not, then what was the point? So you got to see what you got. So I, I'm excited. I, I don't know. I kind of hope he doesn't play a ton of four mm. um, just because we've had enough spacing issues this year. And I'd, I'd prefer that we keep it, simple maybe just play you know play him at the five behind mitch ideally mitch would be starting in my world but um it is what it is i, I that's kind of what i see it, i i just don't want to see it, him predominantly at the four i fear that might 
happen but uh, well mike you are you're beginning to maybe, work on this piece here so do you have any insight on whether or not uh wooten would be able to be successful at the four spot or you think he projects to be a center if he plays the four put cement shoes on mike miller's feet and drop him into the east river wooten cannot shoot he hasn't even attempted a three-point shot he mm-hmm. is strictly a rim protector and a lob catcher but that's the ideal guy you want behind Mitch. Now you have a center rotation where both guys play the same, so it's kind of interchangeable. And the only scenario you could see him at the four is late game, like literally late game, what I mean, like less than three seconds and they need to stop late. That's the only time he should be playing alongside Mitch. The rest of the time, he should just be alternating. Like if Mitch gets in foul trouble, Wooten comes in. If Mitch just needs a break, Wooten comes in. That's the only thing that he should be used for. But, yeah, it's exciting. And on the blocks, he said he's going to start using that NBA street block a lot more. He said spiking it was kind of useless, so he thinks getting the rebound and the block at the same time is better for the team, and it's certainly better for us as a content-wise. Yeah. No, he's just having the option to do that as as a human being is an incredible thing. Imagine you could jump that high. Like I just ima- I imagine what you I would just like jump on top of my refrigerator for no reason, you know what I mean? It looks like he's playing slam yeah. ball. Like it's crazy. <laughs> he just hangs up there. But yeah, I mean, he's a sneaky confident guy too. So I kinda like that whole mix of RJ, Frank's looking a little confident. So I kinda like Wooten fitting into that young group more so than a couple of the other young guys I won't name. And uh did he get called up to the team yet or is he still with uh Westchester? He's practicing. He's practicing. They don't expect him to play tomorrow, but if Morris continues to miss time or hopefully Portis gets traded, yeah. every time I see Portis now, I just waiting for the day. Just look, it's in my head. Yeah, it's just like you're taking Wooten's minutes, you son of a bitch. <laughs> it's fair. It's absolutely fair. I mean, like, yeah, it would just clean up so much air. Like, I don't know. I could, uh, you know, stay or leave with uh, with with Taj Gibson, but. I mean, Portis is just, you see it when he's not out there or when he's missing time. Like, God, he just eats up so many minutes. He just uh, takes so many opportunities out from guys that I'm just like, still, like, we should have so much better of an idea of wh- how some of these prospects that we have have been developing this season. But we just have Bobby Portis in there, you know, hitting the occasional three pointer and uh, letting, you know, give just giving up a tremendous amount of points at the rim. If Portis stays, I would put my life savings on him having one of those games like he had against the Bulls, being the oh, sole they're... reason we don't get what prospect. You know, yeah. he's going to be the no, no door. Uh, what is it? Indoor? Forgot his Maurice name. Indoor, yeah, yeah. He's going to be the yeah. indoor of this season if he stays. Hopefully, he doesn't. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's just he has one of those games like every now and then he just has that. Tr- and it's always against like the Bulls or like you know he, he's. I mean, I remember him like. When I saw him play in Chicago, just like every now and then he'd have a random fucking 30 point game and it would like buy him value for, you know, three months time before he has to refuel and have another 30 point game. It's unbelievable with that guy. Yeah, I forgot who I think it was Brian that said he was this year's Moutier and that's yeah. so so spot on. It's yeah. scary. How was Moutier doing these days? He did good against the Knicks, of course. I think last yeah. time we recorded, he was torching us. I was like, that's just yeah, no, so I, on brand. I, I do so specifically remember saying or seeing Frank get blocked by Moutier at one point. 
or it might have been Trier. So, yeah. Anyway, um, so the trade deadline is approaching with, uh, you know, like we're talking about here, we want Portis to be out of here as fast as possible. Guys like Taj Gibson, uh, Marcus Morris, um, you know, other other guys that were signed this year to uh, the shorter or non-guaranteed next year contracts could be on the move. Uh, a few other players as well. Um, where where do things stand on Marcus Morris right now? We I, every report that we hear coming out is that the Knicks don't want to uh, Knicks don't want to move him. They want to hold on to him. They feel like they can re-sign him. They feel all these kinds of ways about Marcus Morris who is an absolutely unrestricted free agent at the end of this, uh, at the end of the season. Um, well, what are, what are we doing here with Morris? As we get a little bit closer, I thought the reporting would change. We talked about this a little bit last week, but it seems to be about the same thing, you know, status quo with Marcus Morris, the Knicks are t- planning on keeping him. I'd love to know because I, I don't understand the argument for keeping him whatsoever. If you want him back, he could come back. People think that trading him, he's like going to get pissed off and not consider the Knicks. And if that's the case, why are you so hung up on keeping Marcus Morris? That's a little weird. Yeah, I I just feel the same about it. I just think even if you know you want to bring him back, I just given the situation, you can't extend him. You know what I mean? Whatever contract you're going to give him is going to be the same one you could offer him in July whether you keep them or not, it doesn't make any difference. So to me, I just think you got to just do what's best for the franchise and just kind of communicate like, Hey man, uh, it's already February season ends in two months. You know, we're going to move you, but we definitely want you back. We'll pay you like, you know, we'll talk. We want you here in the long run. And if he definitely, if he really wants to be here, then he'll be here. That's how it goes. We do this every year where we think we got to keep that guy for, for leadership or whatever else and so then we annoying. never move them so and then they walk like well, we, we've seen this just do do what's best for right. the franchise and and we, we are all gigantic marcus morris fans he is it is lovely to have a guy who's that competent scoring rebounding defensively you know just a solid veteran presence the young guys love him a tough dude he's shooting almost 50 percent from three he's up to 47 percent right now it's ridiculous he's a great player i love having it but when do we when do we make a value signing like that that goes right? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Well, when do we get the one-year bargain deal that's an expiring asset, that, that's a piece that any contender could use, and, and he's having a career year playing lights out, doing the most important thing in basketball, you know, shooting threes, you know, being a 3 and D guy like that. I mean, it's, it's impressive. Someone's going to want him. You know, a lot of teams are going to want him, and a lot of teams are going to pay, and they're going to pay well. Right the Knicks have to do his best for them. They just, they simply, they do. He's too valuable at this point, not to, he's having a career year. He's simply too valuable. And if you want to like, keep him happy at work with him, see what team he wants to go to. You're telling me if he, we send him to Philly where he's from, he, he can have his pick yeah. of the litter. I, I, I say, which team almost do you any want? Team. What team do you want? We're not going to send you to some shithole team. It's going to be a playoff team. Do you want to go to Philly? All right, we'll sign off on the deal. Like, How hard like, is that? There's ways to accommodate them. And this has happened in sports before where guys have been traded and they come right back to that same team. It, it has happened. The Yankees did it even with Severino. I see, yeah, I was Severino. Sorry, Chapman. Chapman, yeah. sorry. Um, they, they did that same thing. They, they traded him. He went to the Cubs. He, he won a ring. And he said, cool, I'm just going to go back to the Yankees now. I really liked it over there. Like, this, this does happen in sports. That's one example. But it has happened a number of times. Like, 
they they got to do it. And and it's not going to be like I'm going to be that furious because at the end of the day, we all like Marcus Morris, and that's fine that we get to root for him a little bit longer. But it 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 really it's just a it's bad asset management. It yeah. really is. If they if they, yeah, if it's, they just mal, it's malpractice by the front office. It would just prove they don't know what they're doing. It's just continuous cover ups. You signed him in the summer with the intent if it doesn't work out, we will trade them for assets. It hasn't worked out at all. The team has eleven wins halfway through the season. Trade him. Yeah, and, and I mean at this point too, like it, where does Marcus Morris fit into this timeline here? I mean, like, I, I, I agree. I agree with everything you guys are saying. Like, he, he's playing a tremendous, he's having the best season in his career right now. He's playing tremendously. But it's not like he's like, you know, it's not like he's going to be able to put up these numbers on, you know, a playoff caliber or championship team. He's going to be more of a role player. It's going to be more of a piece in there. And it's like for the Knicks to be prioritizing picking up a player like that right now where they're at is just kind of delusional. It's like you don't you don't need Marcus Morris until you have a much clearer foundation in place until your players have developed a little bit and when you need to you know take that next step forward whether that's to get into the playoffs or to get deeper into the playoffs or whatever like that's when you want to go after Marcus Morris like signing him to a long term deal to build your your you know roster around him and Julius Randle and you know the best of what uh potential rj barrett kevin knox and frank nilakina have like and dennis smith like that's just that's not proper team building it's it's just it's just delusional agree 100 percent. it's it's just a continuous continuous evidence that they don't know what they're doing if they keep them yep well while we have uh, Marcus Morris for a few more games here, I uh, suppose we can take a look at what the schedule is looking like coming up. Um, so the Knicks, by the time everyone's hearing this, it'll be uh, tonight. The Knicks are going to be playing against the Phoenix Suns uh, and what promises to be a potentially winnable game that the Knicks will most likely lose. Um, after that, we play the 76ers on Saturday and then they have the Cleveland Cavaliers on the following Monday. Uh, rematch with the Lakers the next Wednesday. We'll see whether we talk to you all before or after that game. But um, any anything to note over the next couple of days? I mean, we're talking about the Sixers now. If uh, Morris gets a taste of what that team is like and uh, you know plays decently against him, that might that conversation might get really interesting very quickly. Um. Any, I mean, the Cavaliers, too. The Knicks have had uh, some struggles against the Cavaliers also, which is not surprising. But um, any, are there anybody on the Cavs you think the Knicks could potentially be targeting uh, while they're selling some players off or, or trying to rearrange their franchise a bit? Uh, not that we can get. Uh, in terms of players, I'm excited to see Darius Garland. Yeah. Apparently, he's been playing pretty well, so I'm excited to see him. I think that these are, th- I think, out of those next four, Two of those games are winnable. I even think yeah. the Sixers are winnable. They were in the every Sixers game has been a winnable one. So I think they could, if they play well, they could win a couple they, games. They weirdly match up well with the Sixers just right? because I'm not crazy. They, no, no, they. I, I actually brought this up uh, to to some. I forgot who I was talking to, but somebody else, and uh, they, they're both trying to do the same thing. Except the Sixers actually have the talent to do it. Is the way I look at it. Like they have their wings, you know, kind of scoring playmaker and Ben Simmons. And 
you know, RJ kind of hopes to be like a wing playmaker one day, you know, then they have their, their center down there. They, they have their bruising forward, you know, the, the point, you know, where they get points at, uh, at a Tobias Harris down there in the post. And I just think like they try to play bully ball and they're much more effective at it. They have Horford. And then we also try to do the same thing and we're significantly less effective at it. But the fact that we're both trying to do the same thing, uh, nobody tries to play that way anymore. So it, it becomes like old school ball a little bit. That's kind of how I viewed. Which the, makes sense when you're a playoff matchup. team and potential championship contender. It doesn't make as much sense to play that way when you're, um, you know, 11 oh, and 30. Stink. For sure. But with Julius Randle now finally looking like the near star caliber player that uh, everybody hoped and assumed he could be now that he is a competent head coach um, with RJ playing out of his mind these last six games in terms of his scoring and efficiency and especially his jump shooting. uh, I like our chances. Uh, This is probably the only stretch, you know, only couple of games where I'd be confident, but I just think, all right, you know, they got Reggie Bullock now. A couple guys are starting to play right together at the right time. You know, Mitch has kind of been playing down lately. Like, he's due for a couple of good games. Like, I, it just kind of feels like they're going to reel off a couple here for no apparent reason, you know, before they go on another little losing stretch. It just feels like they're due for a little blip here. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe it'll just be like the last little uh, stretch for this group of players together. Get a couple of wins together, guys showcasing themselves, and then... Uh, you know, maybe in the next two weeks or so, we finally see some trades going down. Yeah, I'm interested to see the rotations now that you mentioned that, because last night was a good example. They were getting blown out for most of that game, and until the fourth quarter, Knox played six minutes, and he looked good in those six minutes, and Robinson played 11 minutes, so what the fuck? I'm assuming it's just a showcase, so I'm interested to see if guys like Alfred Payton, who looks like he's starting to quit, Bobby Portis, if those guys are playing heavy minutes... It's showcase season officially. Yeah, Peyton is yeah. so out right now. That I mean, his blow up during that Milwaukee game was just—he just looked like just he could not give a shit like, anymore. No, he's just shooting. It's like yeah. what happened to table setting? What you were good at? It's just frustrating. Yeah, I, I will say this too. Like I have been extraordinarily hard in this front office lately, but um, you know, if if they do end up doing the showcase and they do end up getting a, a pretty good call for for multiple guys like if, if they do somehow end up saying you know selling off on marcus morris and let's say they get something for alfred payton and they get something for bobby portis like if something like that happens and they get a couple first round picks or uh, pretty good seconds out of it like i i will cut them some slack because oh yeah they're that but that's just doing yeah, their job I yeah, yeah. No, no, i mean it, yeah i mean it's doing their job but in terms of like not good you know, at, at, least, at least they signed a couple expiring assets that worked out and and now it looks like they're they're trying to do the showcase like it makes sense that that's what they'd be doing i don't want to like assume something intelligent's happening but it makes sense you know it's been pretty drastic the shift when we started seeing all the vets start to play over the young guys so i i'd like to think it's showcasing i'd like to think they have a couple of deals or you know things tentatively in place with a couple of teams and uh, it, it would just be nice to see them capitalize for once, but what we will see, uh, of course. Real quick, since we're talking about trades, what's the farthest you guys would go to get Shea? Oh, oh I'm, I'm giving a lot. Oh, a lot. boy. I, uh, I, I would give up ooh, multiple first-rounders. Uh, yeah, listen, listen, it is – 
I, I don't care if you yell at me. Anybody wants to get mad about that. We never have a good point guard. We never have a good point guard, especially one that is that good, that efficient, a strong defender, a good playmaker facilitator. He does he's anything so that you could want a playmaker to do. He he's big. He's strong. He's so he's just a good. He's been smart doing player. that. He's been playing like the three all season, man. He like, is twenty. What is he? Twenty years old, Mike. I would yeah. give up. I would give up almost anything. Almost and anything to get him. I I, I, well, I would get would, bro. That's that's the question. Oh would you would you give up RJ? Uh, uh, no. RJ and Mitch will be the ones I fight the hardest for because you ultimately want to pair Shea with one of them. But draft picks wise, take your freaking pick. Yeah, man. really. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'd give I would, I'd I give them another ahead. five. I'd give them like the they got five, you know, plus Shea or you know, controller five from the Clippers. There, they want five from us for him alone. There you go. You got ten picks out of that. Nah, I, I don't know, but like for me, it would be like, all right, like you, you could have Knox, you could have, you know, Frank, you could have, uh, whatever to make, to, pretty much any any pick of just not Mitch or RJ is what I would offer. Ooh, I, I don't I, know how. I don't uh, know this that. is what I would do. I, I, this is my trade. You know, I would give you anybody except RJ or Mitch. Uh, hopefully that that's sufficient player wise for them, and then I would say you get both Dallas picks right off the top, and you have unprotected your choice of any of the next you know three you know three years that's three first round picks and then any number of young guys that you want that are not rj and mitch i would 100 percent do that i don't care if anybody disagrees and wants to yell at me about it if you give me shea rj and mitch and and nothing and just a bear like we we can build around them i i would be over the moon over the that that is wow that would be fantastic I would. They said OKC is open for business, so I don't. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming a smart team is saying shies off the table. But like Corbo said, if that if you get bring five picks, shit, yeah, that's gonna be hard to turn down. I would, I would sometimes, sometimes you just gotta get your man. Sometimes you just and gotta go like get your picks, man. Any pick with the Knicks feels heightened because they know they're gonna suck or fuck up somehow. Yeah. That's true. So like the placebo effect could like say, oh, these are gonna be five top ten picks, no doubt. I would include Mitch in the deal. Would you? I, don't I would. I think I would. I, I think Why? I think I think Shai is just so proven at this point, and like there's still so many questions about every other player on the roster that like I just want a I want a sure thing to get going with, and I know that Mitch has shown significant flashes, and he's you know just being a, a you know really unique player in himself, but. I think if that's what it takes, plus a couple of like, you know, probably not as heavy of a draft haul in that case, but that's what it takes in a couple of picks. I would do it. Yeah. I don't I, see. I say that. And then I also think town. I don't know. I feel like they should definitely search for a Godfather type offer for Shea or, or towns. I yeah. think it's time. Yeah. Well, I'd say, uh, that's a healthy note to leave things off on. Um, Everybody go uh, give us a follow at the Knicks wall at TKW podcast uh, at Corbo Anthony at Kyle Maggio at Cortez era. Uh, go uh, follow at blue wire pods. Go subscribe to this podcast. Subscribe to 300 seconds from whistle and Kyle Maggio here. Um, check out all the pieces that we have up on the site right now. Uh, we had, like I mentioned before, there was a piece from, Harley on headband, um, on head to, headband row making his appearance. Uh, who had who had the? Uh, it was Quentin who had uh, the. Uh, yeah, 
the Pew people. had something on Reggie Bullock. Yep. Dylan Quinn had Kenneth. something on Mitchell Robinson, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of good pieces up there right now. Go check out all that stuff. Um, yeah, make sure head to the merch store to designtree.com slash the next wall. Remember, all of us proceeds are going down to assist Puerto Rico right now. So now is the best time to purchase. Uh, I will have a GoFundMe link as well in the episode description that Mike has set up. Um, and yeah, so eventful couple of days coming up. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we get some, uh, you know, some kind of a performance out of, uh, I really think the Sixers game is going to be uh, indicative of what this roster ends up being shaped like throughout the rest of the season. But um, I guess we'll be able to see about that next week and we will talk to you all then. Thank you.